0: Something that I continue to feel led to do through this podcast is to keep it real. That means that I am going to share about the things that writers love to hear about and the things that they might want to ignore. Please know that the things that I share these messages are always every bit as much for me as for anyone else listening. Today, I'm going to keep it real by talking about comparison, specifically how it hinders us and what we can do to combat it, and five ways that Jesus modeled effective marketing for our God-given messages. Are you ready? Listen in. Welcome to Ink and Impact, the podcast for Christian writers who want to impact their readers. I'm your host Dalenen Bickel and each week I'll help you keep a pulse on the publishing industry, showcase Christian authors and their books, and share ways you can improve your craft and magnify your message. Whether you're a fiction or nonfiction writer, traditionally or indie published, established or just starting out, this podcast is for you This spring I've been reading through the Old Testament of the Bible. One thing that stood out to me was that after the Israelites, Finally entered the promised land after 40 years of wandering. They didn't all get equal portions of land Each tribe of Israel received the amount of land that was suitable for the size of the clan that they were in They didn't grumble about it. Why should they each unique plot of ground offered exactly what they needed? It got me to thinking That's how it's supposed to be for us as writers as well. We're not all supposed to be international bestsellers. We're not all supposed to be traditionally published. We're not all supposed to write 50 different books. Maybe we're only called to write one. We're not all supposed to have podcasts. And we're not all supposed to do in-person speaking tours. But each of us is given a particular message for a particular audience in our particular seasons of life. Nevertheless, we tend to become discontent with what we have and start comparing ourselves to other writers. Please don't tell me it's just me. We often compare our messages, our audiences, our marketing strategies, our book sales, our income levels, the list could go on and on. While it's good to learn from the successes and failures of others, it's dangerous to wade into the waters of comparison. Maybe you've never struggled with comparison, but I have, and it is no fun. Jealousy and pity parties are surefire ways to stall our effectiveness as both Christians and writers. Comparison also negatively affects how we love others. Recently, I taught a lesson on 1 John 3, verses 10-24 through to the elementary age kids at my church. And I'll read it to you now from the New King James Version. And it says, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. referring to Jesus and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him how does the love of God abide in him my little children let us not love in word or in tongue but in deed and in truth and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him for if our heart condemns us God is greater than our heart, and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God, and whatever we ask we receive from Him, because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son Jesus Christ and love one another, as He gave us commandment. So, as part of the Sunday School lesson, I was to drive home the point of true love by giving an illustration about gift giving. And so I had wrapped up an empty box with really pretty birthday wrapping paper and put a nice big bow on it, and so it looked really attractive to everyone. And it was kind of fun, you know, to see the kids' reactions whenever I said that I was giving this present to a friend, but I went to the dollar store and found the cheapest thing that I could find, and I'm giving it to this person because I know that whenever my birthday rolls around, they're going to give me something really, really nice in return. And so some of the kids' eyes got really wide, like, wow, you know, that doesn't sound very nice. And so some of the other points that I shared were how we shouldn't, you know, pick out the cheapest gift at the store for our loved ones or for our neighbors or for our friends and we shouldn't stop giving gifts to people simply because they don't give us any gifts in return. And we shouldn't give gifts to impress others and not just the recipient, nor should we give priority in our gift giving to those who can give us better gifts in return. And we shouldn't give gifts grudgingly, you know, only giving because we're obligated to, it's expected, right? I think that applies to us as writers as well, particularly when it comes to social media. For example, maybe we record something randomly on the fly or slap something together quickly on Canva without much thought, it's the equivalent of a cheap gift. Or we stop following people who don't follow us back. Maybe we only share things that we feel will impress others You know, those things that we own or those really cool places that we go. You know, that perfectly curated feed that we worked so hard to put together. Maybe we go out of our way to offer extra value to particular people in our niche we believe might benefit us in some way. Or maybe we share grudgingly. We don't want to be on social media, but everyone in the industry says that's how we're supposed to market our books, so well, all right, I'll just go ahead and do it. Here we go. Does any of that resonate with you? I hate to admit that I have stumbled in a couple of those areas myself. If we're honest, sometimes our focus online isn't to share our God-given story or help others or love others, but to to gain more followers impress others and get more email subscribers. Now there's nothing wrong with getting more followers and email subscribers, but it's the intent behind it. is that the only reason we're doing what we're doing? That's when it can become a problem. Let me ask you, what is your real motivation behind being on social media and marketing your books in general? Are you trying to be liked by so-and-so? whether it's that literary agent that you have your eye on, whether it's the editor at that publishing company that you really want to work with. Are you trying to be liked? Another question is, are you simply trying to please others and doing what you think they want? Or are you on social media and marketing your book to humbly share your God-given message? So now that we've gotten real and maybe a bit uncomfortable, Let's turn to Christ and look to him as our marketing model. And I think there are five ways that he models marketing for us. First, Jesus went to where the people were. He didn't expect them all to come to him. He went to the synagogues. He went to the cities. He went to the small towns. He went to the countryside. He spoke in people's homes and outside on riverbanks. He spoke one-on-one privately to people and one-to-many in public crowds. Where are you going to engage with your readers? Are you going anywhere at all? Or are you just simply sitting there waiting for them to come to you? The second way that Jesus modeled marketing for us is that he customized his message to his various audiences. So chances are good that you have an ideal reader but you also have some outliers as well. For example, as a book coach, I serve indie authors of all ages and stages of the writing process. Those who have been writing a while are familiar with a lot of the industry terminology and processes and strategies that I talk about. But those who are just getting started or have never written a book would have no idea what certain terms mean. So it's best for me to customize my message to those two different audiences so that one isn't bored and one isn't confused. The third way that Jesus models marketing for us is that he spoke truth in love and acted in love. So are you skipping the tough parts of your message so that it will be better received by a wider audience? Or maybe you're sharing the truth of your message but in a way that's more self-righteous and judgmental than humble and helpful. If you're not sure how your message is coming across Ask a trusted mentor to listen to your message and share honestly about how they perceived it. A fourth way that Jesus modeled marketing for us is that he confidently shared his message, not just once or twice, but regularly. So my toes are stepped on with this one. I'm notorious for hesitantly sharing once about something and then moving on to something else, another topic. Often, especially when it comes to social media, it's because I don't have time to schedule you know, um, supplementary or corresponding posts over a period of days or weeks. This is where a VA or social media manager would be extremely beneficial, but I'm not there yet. Another reason, though, is because I think that people will tire of hearing similar messaging from me, similar content over and over again. I know from research that that's not true, but that's how my mind perceives it, right? Maybe, again, it's just me. I don't know. You'll have to let me know. But yet another reason that I don't share regularly is fear. You know, if I stay small and don't put myself or my message out there regularly, there'll be less of a chance of being mocked or ridiculed which ties into the final point, the final way that Jesus models marketing for us, which is Jesus didn't expect everyone to follow him or get in air quotes his message, to understand his message. As a recovering people pleaser, I tend to want everyone to like me including on social media and yes I know that's not rational I know that's not possible and I'm trying to get better about it that numbers of followers really don't mean much. They don't. Even traditional publishers now understand that engagement, the conversations that happen between people online, that is what's most important, not just a number of clicks or likes or a number of followers. So I'm speaking to myself when I say, don't expect everyone to like you, follow you, or agree with your message. People said negative things to Jesus, and they'll say negative things to us and about us and our messages, but that's not supposed to stop us from stepping out in faith and sharing our stories. May we be willing to share freely. May we stop striving and simply share out of a desire to help others. May the words we speak bring joy, hope, and truth to our listeners. And finally, as the apostle John wrote in verse 18, let us not love in word or in tongue but in deed and in truth. This episode is sponsored by the Inkwell Collective, my new membership community for Christian writers. Are you tired of writing alone? Do you wish you had another writer to bounce ideas off of? Would you like to gain access to regular live chats where you can ask your writing, publishing, marketing questions, and get real-time answers? Have you ever thought it would be nice to join a Christian writing group that also discusses faith issues and offers regular prayer? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then the Inkwell Collective is for you. The incredibly affordable membership of only $12.99 a month grants you access to weekly virtual co-writing sessions, a monthly Q&A craft chat, and 24-7 access to a wonderfully supportive and informative group of fellow Christian writers. Take a tour and sign up at subscribepage.com forward slash inkwell collective. I would love to hear your feedback about this episode or any other, and I would love to connect with you. There are three easy ways that we can do that. First, you can follow me on Instagram and Always I'm available to answer questions on the DMs. Second, you can subscribe to my book print newsletter. It is a newsletter filled with not only updates about this podcast, but other personal stories, early bird offers and discounts to some things coming up. I have a brand new offer that I am finalizing, hopefully by the end of this weekend, that I'll be able to share with you. Very excited about that. And my newsletter subscribers will get first notice about that. And the third way that we connect is you can write with me in real time on your work in progress while I work in mine at the Inkwell Collective. It is just a really great way to get into the regular habit of writing. If consistency in writing is something that you're really struggling with, I so encourage you to join the Inkwell Collective. We have ten different writing sessions a month two in the evenings, and then the rest are alternating between mornings and afternoons so that no matter where you live, you can find at least one writing time to get connected with fellow Christian writers from around the world. So I hope to see you there. The link is in the blog version of the podcast. And like I said, I hope to see you there. Did you find this episode helpful, encouraging, or inspiring? If you liked it for any reason or it helped you in some way, please share this episode with a friend. That's all I ask. I would love to be able to encourage and support more Christian writers, and the best way to get the word out is through your recommendations, referrals, and word of mouth in everyday conversation. The name of the podcast is easy to remember, Ink and Impact, and the podcast website is just as simple, inkandimpact.com. That's it for today, fellow pen pusher. Remember, don't just write a book, make an impact.